Alright everybody, welcome back to Cult Chaser. Today, the cult we're going to be talking about is Rajneesh Param. Now, Rajneesh Param is an Eastern type of cult with their goal of spiritual enlightenment. They specifically wanted to create a new and enlightened human race. The leader of Rajneesh Param was Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. He was also called Osho. He was their spiritual leader, their sort of prophet, which they followed. But the thing that makes Rajneesh Param so special is they have almost two leaders. Now, Ma'anan Sheila was the personal secretary to Bhagwan, so she was his second in command. And as the cult began to grow, she began to gain more power. So let's talk a little bit about the followers of Bhagwan. Now, Rajneesh Param was one of the places where the cult was located. This was the location of the cult in Oregon. The Bhagwan had followers from all over the world, but this location was where most of them lived, and that's where the Bhagwan himself stayed. Now, the followers of Rajneesh completely surrendered their free will. They were all forced to wear only red and orange colored clothing to represent the colors of the sunset. They all lived in communal housing. They had multiple large group prayer sessions throughout the day. Many of the cult members had open sexual relationships with each other, and most of them changed their names while living on the commune. A lot of his followers also moved from around the country and some even from around the world to live near the Bhagwan and become more enlightened. Now, towards the end of the cult's reign in America, there were even pilgrimages held where hundreds of people flew in from across the world to visit Rajneesh Param or their holy city. At one point in time, the followers bussed around the country to even pick up homeless people to come and live with them at the commune, which was a very bad idea. I'll talk more about later. Now, what made the Bhagwan so special? Why were so many people willing to give up their free will and move across the country or across the planet for him? Well, he started to gain a following acting as a therapist in India. He claimed to have a new form of meditation called dynamic meditation that would help people to relax and find their spiritual equality. He began to write books about this meditation practice and other ways to relax and learn about self-expression. For a man in India, he was very open to Western politics and ideas of a capitalist society. He also believed in the freedom of sexual expression and individuality. Now, his up-and-coming ideas made him very popular with younger members, but the group was not well-liked in India. So, the Bhagwan decided to move his commune to a ranch in Oregon with the help of Sheila. Now, Mana Sheila was only 15 years old when her father introduced her to the Bhagwan. She fell into a trance under his speeches about enlightenment and self-fulfillment, and began staying with the Bhagwan in India, she quickly gained his trust and became his second command. Now, Sheila was focused on running the commune. She was the one who had to make sure everything was in order and making the commune more self-sufficient. She was the one who was in charge of buying and building the commune in Oregon. She was the one who instructed the sannyasins, sannyasins are followers of the Bhagwan, to build the commune basically from scratch. They built all their communal houses, their dining halls, shopping malls, a movie theater, an airport, irrigation systems to make them good at farming, and even set up solar panels. Now, she became a perfect person of influence to other members of the cult. She appeared on the media whenever there was an issue with the cult, and she was very, very harsh in her speaking. She was even compared to Hitler after she discussed how she wouldn't hesitate to use violence to protect the cult. Now, Sheila wanted to expand the commune and their power, 
So she went through many legal loopholes to try and help them achieve that. They got their commune approved as a city so that they could build and have whatever laws they wanted. She took over property in the towns closest to them. She was the one who organized the Share a Home movement, which was the one that brought all the homeless people to live in the commune. And the reason they brought them there is so they could have more voting and more people to push their agenda in the state of Oregon. This manipulation of democracy outraged many, many people, but Sheila didn't care. She was a very manipulative person and openly stated she would do anything for Bhagwan. Although it seemed like Sheila had a lot of influence, people were only listening to her because she acted as an extension of Bhagwan. Now, Bhagwan was so influential over people because he could talk about many serious issues with a sense of humor and make it very easy and comfortable to talk about those difficult topics. Also, his form of dynamic dynamic meditation is now considered to be a brainwashing program as it creates a very tense atmosphere between the members participating in it that can lead to altered thoughts. Since both of those practices are usually done in bigger groups, it breaks down one sense of self and makes them more open to be influenced by others' opinions. Now, Bhagwan was also a very impressive kind of man. He had 96 Rolls Royces. He was always wearing these elegant robes and hats. And even towards the end of the commune's reign in Oregon, he became obsessed with all the lavish items. And he began getting more diamond watches, designer clothes, more cars. He even had two private jets. He talked with such a positive outlook on life and having seemingly achievable goals. But yet in practice, he wanted to strip people of their individual freedoms. Now, Bhagwan and Sheila already had a lot of power over their followers, but as they stayed in America even longer, everything they did turned into a power move. They wanted to have more freedom with their commune and their followers, so they moved it to America. They wanted to reach more followers, so they began publishing books about their teachings. They wanted to have more influence, so they tried to destroy towns around them and rig voting systems. Now, the first town they took over once they got to America was this town of Antelope. Now, it was a super-duper tiny town in Oregon, and the population of Rajneesh Param succeeded that of Antelope. So, Sheila went forward and began buying out all of the small businesses in the town, offering people lots of money for their homes, and soon drove out a lot of the population. Then, the sannyasins ran for public office in Antelope and were voted in by other cult members. So they took over the city and renamed it Rajneesh. Once they took over Antelope, they began receiving resistance from the county in which Rajneesh Pram was located. So to combat the issues with Wasco County, the Rajneeshis began trying to vote in all of the county elections to skew the results and win spots on their city council. This is why they bust in a whole bunch of homeless people. They wanted them to vote in favor of the Rajneesh candidates. Now, the share home plan backfired when the council of Wasco County decided to stop registering new voters. So all the homeless people that just traveled to Rajneesh Param could not vote. This led to a lot of tension on the commune and some of, and sometimes even fights were happening between new members. So to control the new population of homeless people on the commune, Sheila put a sedative in the beer that the homeless people would drink at dinner time so they would just pass out if they were getting too rowdy. Many of the people said that they did not know that the beer was tainted, whether they were the ones drinking it or serving it. 
Also, Sheila supposedly set one of the Wasco County Courthouse buildings on fire and a whole bunch of documents were damaged. No one was injured though as this fire was set at night. Now, Sheila was furious that the Sinyasins couldn't vote and they didn't want any election to happen because it was clear that the commune would be shut down or their powers would be pushed back if they could not have more Sinyasins voting for their platform. So, the hospital and the commune began developing a strain of salmonella virus that could be powdered and spread easily. Then, a couple of sannyasins dressed in plain clothes went out to a big city in Wasco County called Dallas. They took the virus and sprinkled it all over at salad bars and restaurants throughout the city, and a whole bunch of people got very, very sick, but it was quickly traced back to the cult. Now, the salmonella outbreak wasn't the only thing Sheila wanted to do. There was also talk that they were going to poison Wasco County's water supply, but nothing like that ever actually happened. Another thing the cult participated in was immigration fraud. Since a large number of Bhagwan's followers were international, having them stay at the commune was technically illegal immigration. So the sannyasins went around the United States and applied for a marriage license so that certain members of the cult could stay in America. Now, all the marriages were fabricated. They went to different states to get married, and they showed stage proof of their relationship. Now, Sheila and the Bhagwan became very paranoid, but they each kind of took it in a different direction as the cult started to get deeper and deeper in legal hoopla. Now, Sheila wanted to have as much control over everything as possible. So she would alter at what times a day people would be in prayer groups. She began training members of the cult to shoot any of the kinds of guns they had on the commune, which was a lot. She recorded every single conversation she had with the Bhagwan and hid all of them in secret tunnels she built in her house. And she also appointed bodyguards to herself and the Bhagwan. She felt as though she could not control the Bhagwan or predict his actions anymore, which made her try and hold down even tighter. Now, because the Bhagwan had went a different route, he began using different types of drugs brought to him by his richer followers. He began talking about suicide and the end of the world. He wanted his people to stick around for the apocalypse, but he felt as though he didn't have the strength to do so. So, he planned a suicide day where his physician would administer him drugs that would kill him before the end of the world came. He had a meeting with Sheila and some of his other close followers, and spoke about his wishes to end his life. Now, Sheila was not about to let that happen. So, what is she supposed to do? Well, Sheila shared this information with a close group of her associates, and then they planned to try and kill the physician before he could kill Bhagwan. Sheila convinced one of the people in her inner circle to attempt to administer a lethal injection to the physician during a prayer group session. Thankfully, the physician did not die. But shortly after this attempt, Sheila and a small group of their members fled the commune. Now, the Bhagwan became enraged with the fact that Sheila had fled the commune. He began exposing her to the members of the cult and the outside world. He talked about all the crimes she had committed and how he wanted her brought to justice. Now, his openness about all of Sheila's wrongdoings was just enough to send the FBI to Rajneeshpuram to look around. They searched all the buildings and found hours and hours of video and audio recordings in Sheila's home. The information they found allowed the agents to send out arrest warrants for Sheila and the Bhagwan. Sheila had already fled the country and was living in some hotel in Germany with the group members she fled with. 
but Bhagwan was still on the commune. Now, Bhagwan tried to leave the commune as well on a private jet after he felt that he was close to getting in trouble. It is said that his goal was to fly away to Cuba so he could not be indicted by the FBI. But his planes were followed and he was taken into custody when they landed in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Sheila was also tracked down in Germany along with the others she was staying with and they were all brought back to Frank's trial in Oregon. Now, once they were taken into custody, the followers did not support Sheila through her trial process, but many of them supported the Baguan. The followers would stay outside of the prison where he was kept. They would go to court for his trials as often as they could. The commune even transferred funds to help support him while he was incarcerated. The commune even bought and paid for his lawyers in his trials. Eventually, Bhagwan took a plea deal and agreed to leave America and never come back. And so he moved his commune back to India and continued to gain a following there until his death. Now, Rajneesh Pram is still active in the world today, but it has moved away from being a controlling cult and it is more of a religion. Now, Sheila talked about what she did and how she felt during her time with Bhagwan recently, and she still speaks in a supporting fashion and is in agreement with many of his ideas, even after the fall of the commune and her time in prison. Now, the Bhagwan didn't seem to be an upfront controlling cult leader as many others were, but his techniques were more of a trade-off. You could join the cult as long as you believe and want peace in a better place, but if you join the cult, you could have all of these freedoms of expression and sexuality. But you also had to live on a very strict schedule and alter your appearance and change your names. Now, the depersonalization and unification of the members of the cult is what made the Bhagwan so powerful. He had the unwavering support of his followers because they believed he had helped them to become better people and he had all the answers for helping the world. Now, the Bhagwan used that power over a wide number of people. But some of the other leaders choose to have a smaller audience they want to target. Now, if you want to learn more about that, tune in to Cult Chaser next time.